It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grimly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. On your Friday episode of Locked on Raptors, we play one of our favorite games here on the podcast. It's What's More Likely. I pose a situation with a couple of possible outcomes, and me and my guest determine which we think is the most likely. It's very simple. It's a very good time. And today's guest rocks. It's Kreeda Mustafa of the Parlay. That's all coming up on today's episode of Locked on Raptors. Thanks so much for hanging. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot trying to miss. You are Locked on Raptors. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the first of the Hail Mary 3 by Mo Get that garbage out of here. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 1252 of Locked on Raptors for Friday, September the 30th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of Post Touches, my new sub stack. You can go and subscribe. Uh, we'll have posts starting to flow out next week, so please go check that out. Uh, and you can find the show for free, and it's all available on your favorite podcast app, so you can go subscribe, follow, rate, and review, all that good stuff. We're also on YouTube. You can hit the big red subscribe button over there and support the show that way. And and as well, important reminder, today is the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation, and uh, it's very important that you are educating yourself if you are not yet educated on the horrible history 
of residential schools in Canada. There's a link in the in the in the description below uh, to the Downey Wenjack Fund, which is a wonderful uh, charity which supports the survivors of residential schools and all the aftermath. Uh, and I highly recommend you go check it out. Also, there's a Raptors tie-in for the National Day of Truth and Reconciliation as well. Uh, Casey Bannerman, in conjunction with the Indigenous artist Mike Ivel, otherwise known as Big Nish, have done a Special jersey uh, in beautiful indigenous art in concert with Fred Van Vliet. You can go buy it. I'll put the link for that as well in the in the description as well because it's important. All the money there, 165 bucks for the jersey. It's all going towards the Orange Shirt Fund and uh, making sure that we're all educated and keeping up on the stuff that Canada has not done so well in the past. All right, let's get into it now on today's show. We're playing What's More Likely with Krina Mustafa of the Parlay. Krina, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you, Sean? I'm doing great. Very happy to have you on the show today and love playing a little round of what's more likely. This will be a recurring thing throughout the season for sure. We did it a few times last year and uh, the, re the, the response was, uh, I would say, pretty warm. And so we're going to dive into three different what's more likely situations on today's show. We've got stuff regarding the back end of the roster and, you know, guys who might find their way into the rotation. We've got uh, one as well, I'm forgetting the ones I've laid out already. Uh, we've got about the sort of outcome for the season, playoffs, non-playoffs, second round, all of that. That's going to be there as well. But we'll start things off, Karina, with a question. What's more likely, Fred Van Vliet is named an all-star or Scotty Barnes is named an all-star in the Eastern Conference? What do you have as being the more likely of those two potential outcomes? I have got to say, Scotty, and the reason I'm doing that is because even though I'm not saying that Fred won't deserve to be an all-star again this year, but I feel like last year we just tried so hard. Like we feel like we've scraped him into the all-star game. And so I just see it like I, it's hard for me to see it happening again. And mm -hmm. I think with all like the, the buzz around Scotty taking that year two leap, I feel like all that support, that all-star support is going to go behind him this year. And it's mm -hmm. just a gut feeling. It's just in terms of development. If he does make this crazy leap this year, then I could see him making the all-star game as opposed to Fred Van Fleet. Yeah, I think that's a well-taken point. I think I would also lean Scotty Barnes here as well. Just basically, you have to think about the all-star game, not so much in the way you think about the all-NBA teams, where it's like, who are the best players? We have to be very regimented about how we determine this, use the numbers, use the season-long impact and all of that. Uh, the all-star game is very much a popularity contest, whether you like it or not. The voting happens. Uh, that's all popularity-based, more or less. And then the coaching additions are also, in a way, a popularity contest. Contest, just with a strange, very uh, singular faction of people who you're trying to impress and be popular for. And I would say, actually, that for the coaches, Fred Van Vliet's probably more of like a coach-ass pick than a second-year player in Scotty Barnes. Um, kind of along the lines of Kyle Lowry was for so many years, where it's like, oh yeah, that dude who annoys me all the time and is really good and his team always beats ours. Yeah, of course he's an all-star. That kind of feels like Fred's best gateway into future all-star games. But I could totally see a voting surge for Scotty Barnes, like we've kind of seen in the past. DeMar DeRozan's been voted an all-star starter before. Pascal Siakam was voted an all-star starter before. Vince Carter, for like a half a decade, led the entire world in all-star votes every single year, despite playing for an expansion franchise, more or less. 
like there's we know that there's a push to be made if Raptors fans really put their minds to it and Matt Devlin really commits himself enough. Uh, and so I think <laughs> Scotty's the more likely guy to get got to get voted in. And I actually don't think either will be named as coaches replacements or coaches uh, picks this year. And so for that reason, I think I got to go Scotty. You would agree, though. Pascal Siakam, probably the most surefire all-star on this team. Oh, yeah. One thousand percent. I think just seeing him get kind of back to his level and even better um, again last year. So I I think, you know, I'm very, very excited for Siakam to play this year. And I'm very excited for him to be at all-star level. In hindsight, kind of wild that he wasn't an all-star last year. I know, like, the missing the 10 games at the start of the year was the reason for it. But, uh, like, just the body of work over the course of the season, really, really good stuff from Pascal Siakam. And, of course, All-NBA, all that. It's kind of bizarre to look back at the All-NBA guy not making the all-star team. I want to ask you about Fred and his all-star candidacy, Karina. Would you say, I ha- I, I'll just pose this sort of opinion I have. I think it's actually better for the Raptors if Fred Van Vliet's numbers are not all-star numbers. Uh, I, do you agree with that at all? If you, if so, feel free. I, I can expand upon it if you'd like, but I want to give you the floor first to see if you think that claim is uh, sensible or completely bogus now to lunch. So I will need you to expand a little bit. What do you, like, what is your thinking behind this? Okay. So I'm not asking him, I'm not saying he's going to go average like Derek Fisher numbers or anything like that, but like, if he comes down and averages like 15 or 16 a game, maybe he's at like eight assists, uh, but like his three-point shooting numbers, his off-the-catch, you know, numbers are like way up in terms of the frequency. Uh, you know, he's kind of running the offense as, and, you know, working off of guys in addition, uh, as opposed to kind of being the guy who has to create so much and is the play initiator you know you know what i mean like i feel Mm -hmm. like if his numbers take a hit because he's on the ball less that's actually a good thing for the raptors on the whole um but hey maybe you're someone who thinks fred van vliet should be leading the leading the team in shots because of the pull-up three-point shooting and all that too that's a fine position to take but uh am i having given you more context am i crazy for thinking that if fred van vliet's numbers fall back the raptors might actually be better off Oh, I don't think it's crazy. Actually, yeah, now I understand a little bit better. I think it's a matter of what's going to be more important to the team, right? Because statistics, mm-hmm. you can look at statistics all year round. The all-star statistics aren't necessarily going to matter to your team's performance. So mm-hmm. if Fred goes off the ball more, uh, like you said, and he's able to contribute in a different way, like to me, I think of uh, Sabrina Ionescu in the New York Liberty in the WNBA sure. where she moved. So she was that primary point guard. Um, and she was having a lot of pressure with like the, the with bringing the ball up the floor and things like that. And, and then the Liberty got a proper number one during the season and she moved to that two spot like we want Fred to move. And all the pressure was taking off. And even yeah. though like she wasn't like shooting all the time and like it was just completely different, it became much more valuable to the team. And I kind of see the same thing happening with Fred this year. So, yeah, like I don't think it's crazy at all. I think the way you frame it at first, you're like, huh? but then, <laughs> but then yeah, you take a second to think about it and you're like, oh, OK, OK, this isn't just like a clickbait like kind of tweet you know (laughs) yeah we do lots of clickbait here on the podcast but that was not an example of it uh uh yeah i so let me the last one here on the all-star thing this is going to be as it always is a question on our annual over under spectacular with vivek and zahal in a couple weeks time um you know how many players will make the all-star game for the raptors we usually set the over under at like one and a half or depending on the season 0.5 what would you say if you had to just guess of like a hard number how many raptors make the all-star game this year what you got 
Yeah, I'd say under one and a half. I mm-hmm. yeah, I think if if one raptor makes it, it, I think that's pretty realistic. I feel like going for two is a little bit. I don't know. I'm not confident enough. And you know, like I do all the betting picks, so I'm, I'm comfortable <laughs> with taking the under. <laughs> this ain't the mid to 2010s Eastern Conference where you can stumble into the entire Atlanta Hawks being on an All Star team. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a little more loaded. It's gonna, I think, it's gonna be one of those situations where I was like, well, I guess everyone kind of has to have one, and then we'll give two to the Celtics or whatever. You know? Yeah, it bums me out. It's not great. Uh, (laughs) I keep on trying to poke holes in the Celtics and the Nets and all these other teams. Might not do any good. They're probably going to be very good and very annoying. Uh, We're going to continue on here. We're going to get into our second what's more likely conundrum situation uh, of the show. We'll get to that in just one second here. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at BetOnline.com. .net, your number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info. Sports betting needs and info this season. You can find the latest developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, in-depth articles, analysis, and injury reports on every single NFL game before you put money down on Sundays. As always, Bet Online has you covered. They've got live betting. They've got casino games. They've got up to up to the minute scores. Everything that you need to have a good time while you're wagering and to be the informed wagerer, which is, again, the thing you want to be. You can't just be throwing money at stuff indiscriminately. That's how you lose all your money and have no fun gambling. But if you're going with Bet Online, you're going to enjoy yourself. Don't do what I did at the Toronto Blue Jays game. This Tuesday, when I, on Tuesday, I was just like, all right, I'm going to bet on Aaron Judge home runs. I'm going to bet on Aaron Judge not hitting a home run. I'm going to bet on the Blue Jays winning. I'm going to bet on the Orioles and the, and the Guardians both winning. It was a nightmare. I lost all of my money because I did not take myself to bet online first to become the informed wagerer. Head to betonline.net yourself today. And to learn more about the trends and the action that's all over there, Bet Online is where the game starts. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but really the first words you want to say are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And trust me, as someone named Jake, that is a fact. That's the phrase that will help you feel good knowing that you have people who could help you find the right coverage for the things you want to protect. Insurance doesn't need to be complicated with a State Farm agent. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits you because your situation is unique. And State Farm is there to help you feel supported with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. And when you need ways to get help, don't yell or be angry because State Farm gives you options there too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com or their award-winning app. State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I could see in the background Karina's puzzled look as I detailed my horrible betting strategy. As a, <laughs> as a parlay employee, I apologize for being so embarrassing and bad at uh, putting money on sports. It's just not what I'm good at, Karina. I'm good at clickbait. We've already established that, not gambling. Uh, let's get now to the second what's more likely situation for today's show. And this one regards the back end of the rotation which player is most likely to be a rotation player by midseason? Justin Champagny, Malachi Flynn, Delano Banton, Christian Coloco, or Wancho Hernan Gomez? Karina, you got to pick one. Who you got? Oh, my God. This one was so tough. I've literally been <laughs> racking my brain for hours because there's so many different ways that you can look at it. And mm-hmm. 
if I'm gonna pick one, it's, it's it has to be Malachi. Okay, I'm going with Malachi, <laughs> and I'll explain why. And Please I'm explain. like, well, it's it's like a, it's like a one A, one B, one C kind of situation with these guys. Um, but my explanation is that if we want Fred to have a proper point guard beside him, or maybe someone as a backup you got to try Malachi. Like it's got to be Malachi season. You have to give him minutes. You have to see what he can do, whether or not it's going to work out. I don't know, but if I'm going with a guy to choose, it's going to be him. My gut originally was going to choose Coloco, maybe Wancho, um, just Mm -hmm. in terms of size and like what you need. I mean, the Raptors have size. We know this, but you know, (laughs) just like their thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that's why I can kind of see one of those guys too, becoming a part of the rotation. So it's, it's really hard to choose just one. Um, I'm very, I'm more comfortable leaving Justin off of the list. uh, Okay. Instead of choosing one person, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah. Malachi Flynn. All right. I think for me, <laughs> like you can make the argument for all these guys, right? Like Christian yeah. Coloco, they realize, man, what a, what a wonder it is to have someone over six foot nine on this team. We just got to get that guy in there as much as we can. Could totally see that happening. Um, I think it's going to take a little bit longer for him. I think he might be on at the very least, like the Norm Powell trajectory of G League for a while, then maybe come up midseason, which I guess is the question here. But um, I, I think it might be a bit more just a lot of guys in the way you mentioned all the size they have. There's just a lot of guys who are going to soak up minutes at the five. Um, and hey, by the way, as we record this, it just came out that Ken Birch revealed that he was playing on a torn meniscus all season long last year. Uh, said that over at Raptors Media uh, after practice today. And that's bad and makes a lot of sense when you think about how Ken Birch played. He's not 100% just yet, it sounds like, but he's on his way back. They've cleaned up the meniscus, meniscus thing. So maybe that means Ken Birch has a bit more of a shot at a regular rotation spot in the front court. Uh, you know, Precious is going to play there. Scotty, OG, Pascal are going to play there. Thad's going to play there. Just feels like there's a lot in the way of Coloco getting there. I think for me... I'm going to do the guy you left out. I'm saying Justin Champagny. I am on the Justin Champagny bag bandwagon. <laughs> like, I've totally been in the bag for him for, uh, like, a year now. And I just think the three-point shooting that he flashed in the G League last year, of all of these guys, I think I believe in him being a shooter the most. I just I haven't seen it enough with Flynn yet. His career true shooting percentage is still under 50%. It's not good. Uh, you know, Banton, I don't think... Uh, has much of a three-point stroke despite the number of weird bank shots he's he's accomplished so far in his young career. Wancho might have that. I worry about Wancho on the defensive end. It just feels like Champagny does everything the Raptors want defensively and also maybe has a bit of a stroke to work in there as well. Not to mention the offensive glass and the way he kind of hunts the boards, the way the Raptors really seem to want their guys to do. Um, you know, I don't know who it comes at the expense of, which is, I guess, maybe a good question it's probably going to be because someone gets injured like that's the way it goes unfortunately but we're in a perfect world karina nobody's hurt it's sunshine and roses everybody's happy all their tendons are intact but we get to mid-season and nick nurse needs to make a change of the guys who you, you would pencil in to be the bench rotation right now you got precious or gary trent you've got uh Otto porter thad young chris boucher is there a guy in that four who you think is the most likely to potentially get excised from the rotation if they are going to keep to a typical sort of nine-man group the way Nick Nurse has typically tried to do in the past. I'm not going to lie. I forgot we had Thad Young on our team. 
like the, the first time he said his name, I was like, "Oh my god!" I completely yeah. There's like, I think this is the third, the second time in two weeks where someone has forgotten one of the tall. I think someone forgot Oda Porter was on the team earlier this week. It's just how it goes. There's too many guys of the same size and play style. It's hard. Masai, please, we're dying out here. <laughs> I feel so embarrassed. Oh my god! Please um, don't. I forget guys are on the team. All the time. Uh, Malachi Flynn is the one for me. Uh, but carry on. Uh, thoughts on who might be the one to potentially get removed from rotation if things don't break right for that guy? So from this list or from like the... From the, the we already have? sort of assumed nine that we expect right now. Maybe it's Scotty Barnes. Maybe he gets uh, like, <laughs> Wow. Mm, yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> I think it's probably um, you're looking at Precious, Boucher, Thad, and Otto as sort of your contenders there. And like... Tough company. They all seem like they're pretty entrenched and should be entrenched, but who you got yeah. is maybe the most likely to lose their job. I think I I really because and I and I it really pains me to say this because I've always seen his potential because I, I know a Boucher can play like um, mm -hmm. we've seen it, but we've also seen what the struggles look like. And I think when sure. Boucher is struggling, uh, that kind of hurts the team a little bit sometime. So maybe him, maybe Otto, just because of, you know, we just signed him so we'll mm -hmm. kind of see how how that fit goes but yeah it's really hard it's really hard for for me to see one of these guys actually dropping out of the lineup um especially with the like this backup that we have um mm -hmm. considered the reserve so i don't know like you said like even so since we are in a happy world i <laughs> don't really see anybody dropping out but sure if if boucher struggles possibly that's yeah i mean I think maybe I'm guilty of just assuming Chris Boucher is the world beater he was in the last four months of last season. Hey, I'm on that and, train too. Don't get me wrong. He could be that. <laughs> I, I kind of expect he's going to be that. But, you know, there is that sort of specter lurking of what if Chris Boucher gets a little taste of wanting to take too many shots again or, like, gets three-point happy again or whatever. Like, that could be the worst thing that happens is, like, the first two weeks of the season, Boucher is, like, bombing triples, and then all of a sudden <laughs> it's Tampa again where it's like, yeah, it's Chris Boucher time, baby, and uh, things get dicey. I don't think that's going to happen, though. He changed the way he plays uh, pretty substantially over the course of last year, which was pretty cool to see. I think probably my pick here would be Thad, and I don't think Thad's going to lose his job. I should say this. Like, this is a hypothetical situation. But if you're laying out the sort of things that take place to see him removed, you sort of maybe view his size and defense as like, okay, well, they have a million guys who do that. And if his three-point shot is as wonky as it can be and has been in the past, I mean, he had his moments last year. He kind of, you know, started to hit the corner threes and whatnot down the stretch, and that was really exciting. But... If he does have a stretch where he goes, I don't know, like two of 20 from three over the course of a handful of games, a week's worth of games, maybe Nick Nurse says, okay, we got to try something else here. It puts my boy Justin Champagne in for that three-point shooting. Uh <laughs> oh, there's the agenda. There it is. There it is. Exactly. Uh, Thad just – it's actually just good veteran leadership, just clearing the way for the younger guys <laughs> to get their spot. That's the way to look at it. Um no, it's tough, though. I mean, it's one of them good problems. Oh, no, there are nine guys who should be firmly entrenched in the rotation. Whatever will we do? Um, you know, if one of these five other guys we've talked about here, the back part of the roster, is going to make it in there, it's probably, I would assume, as uh, some sort of injury catastrophe replacement type thing. Uh, hopefully that doesn't take place. 
We're going to continue on. I can tell you what's going to take place for sure is the third segment, and we're going to dig into the third what's more likely. And also, as I've been doing ever since Media Day and the lead-up to the season, whenever I have a guest on, I'm going to put them on the spot with a very hard question at the end of the show. I just told you about this for the first time, Karina, so get ready. Uh, we're going to get to that in just one second. But before we do that, just a reminder... Locked in NBA is your daily whip around the NBA. It's available on your podcast apps and on YouTube for free, so please go subscribe there. Rotating cast of hosts each day of the week. It's a must-listen during the NBA season and in the preseason as we get set for tip-off later this weekend. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, Karina. Let's go to the third what's more likely. This one, big picture stuff, end of season results. What's more likely? The Raptors miss the playoffs outright, so out of the top eight, they lose in the play-in or worse, or they make the second round of the playoffs. Loaded Eastern Conference, I think these are both kind of on the table as much as we don't want to admit that missing the playoffs is on the table. You get into the play-in and things can go poorly and turn things uh, bad very quickly. But uh, what are your thoughts here, Karina? What's the more likely outcome? The missing of the playoffs completely or making the second round? I think I'm optimistic because I think it's more likely that the Raptors make the second round. Um, mm-hmm. I don't even even with all the moves, I'm still getting to a point where I've been trying to do preseason rankings. And mm-hmm. I think I have like my first like top four pretty locked in. I think I have mm-hmm. like Bucks, Celtics, Philly. I'm forgetting one team. Maybe I think Miami. Mm-hmm. Um and then that's where I'm having trouble thinking that there are some other teams that could kick the Raptors out of that top eight um, or sure. top seven. And uh, yeah, so and then I think depending on who they because this is framed as missing the playoffs or making the second round. That's why, <laughs> that's why I say it's making the second round. But depending on who they would face in the playoffs, it would mm-hmm. be debatable. Um, I just don't see them missing the playoffs, especially because they're definitely going to make the play. Like, I don't see a situation where they drop out of the play. And if they make the play, then they're probably going to make the playoffs as well. Um, I just have too much confidence, I guess, in this team. Like, I don't think they're a contender by Mm -hmm. any means at all, but I think they're good enough to, they have a good core and they're good enough to, to make that next step. Full disclosure. When I wrote this, hypothetical i almost made it miss the playoffs or make the conference finals because i kind of thought <laughs> making the second round was too easy an answer here uh and I, I am with you i think the second round is more likely than missing it outright i, I can't imagine they're gonna finish lower than eighth in the east like i think they're definitely better than the bulls definitely better than all the crap below the bulls in the east the wizards the hornets the knicks like all of these teams depress me deeply uh (laughs) and so the top eight feels 
very likely, which means there's a home date in there somewhere, uh, whether it's in the, the first or the second of the play-in games. And, and I just think if you have a playoff game, a play-in game at home, you stand a pretty good chance of making it through. I don't think they're going to miss it outright. Um, I also think, I, like you, am pretty optimistic about the team. And I don't think that they will be considered one of the four best teams in the Eastern Conference. Like, I think there's lots of other teams with more playoff equity and all that. But they could have one of the four best records for sure. And that gives you a leg up matchup wise of getting into the second round. Um, you know, they also kind of can build upon what they learned in the playoffs last year and all that stuff. It, it's I don't think it's totally off the table. I think it's, you know, one of the more likely outcomes for the season. Like I would say probably first round exit in noble fashion against a very good team is what I would predict here. But, uh, you know, it's not dissimilar to last year, but maybe a little bit closer, a little less dispiriting going down 03 and all that. Um, but I, I, you know, second round is probably the second most likely outcome to me, frankly. I, th I think they stand a very good chance uh, of getting there. And it would be very exciting to see that sort of forward progress for the team as well. Um, let me ask you the conference finals thing, Karina. Like, they're not one of the two best teams in the East. I think we can agree on that. But, like, had I made this, they missed the playoffs or make the conference finals, which would you have chosen of the two options? I would have said none of the above. <laughs> you would like, have gone the coward's road, and that's yeah, fine. <laughs> too far on the spectrum, but then I probably would have said miss the playoffs because I'm not confident right. enough that they would make the conference finals. No, no, no. no yeah, con there's there's some monstrous teams in the East. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I think that's that'll be one of those... They snuck in because the bracket broke perfectly, like the Blazers in 2019 or the Hawks in uh, 2020 or 21. Um, you know, I, I don't see them becoming like a clear conference finals team this year. But hey, stranger things have happened, I suppose. Maybe Scotty Barnes is a fire-breathing dragon from start to finish, and <laughs> there's just nothing the other teams can do about it. Um I want to ask you now, Karina, now that we have come to the end of the show, I've been doing this thing with guests uh, leading up to the season, just kind of trying to get an idea for what people's sort of strong opinions are going into the year. So I ask you, Karina, it can be a contrarian take. It can just be a thing that you really, really believe that's not so contrarian, but you think is true. Uh, what is your strongest Raptors opinion going into this season? Oh, man, what is my strongest Raptors opinion? Hmm. This is a good question. I've had a lot of fun throwing it at people. It's been a blast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, I wish I had more time. To Especially because I don't tell anybody about it beforehand. Uh... <laughs> okay. Okay. So it has to be for this season. Yeah. Or sure. just like yeah. in general. It could be like big picture, like involving the players who are on this year's team, if you'd like. Yeah. I don't think. Okay, it's like kind of a two-parter. Okay. I don't think you have to blow up this team in order to be a contender. I think they're like one or two pieces away. Okay. And I think that keeping OG should be mm -hmm. your top priority. I think like I am, I believe in his potential. I believe in what kind of a player he can be. And mm -hmm. as long as he's healthy, I think he could probably be the Raptors most important player. For the second straight day. We've had OG propaganda in this segment. <laughs> really? uh, yeah, Lewis Zatzman said that he thinks OG will prove himself to be more valuable than Scotty Barnes this year. Um, I don't know if I... So you think there's a chance he becomes like the most important player on the team, like ahead of Pascal, Scotty, and Fred? 
I think there's a world where that happens. Yes. Ooh, I like it. Spicy. <laughs> what 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 is it about OG that gives you such belief? And look, I should say, I think OG rocks. I've been saying all along this entire summer, we seem to be forgetting that uh, players who are otherworldly defenders who knock down 40% of their threes and can score off the ball or on the ball if needed uh, are really valuable, even if maybe he's not going to be a Kawhi Leonard one day. No, many people are. There's nothing wrong with that. But I don't know if I share the same level of belief that he could climb to that level of importance on the team. What gives you such belief and confidence? Yeah, so I've seen like flashes of what his aggressiveness can look like. And I think sure. that that can be translated to being that guy that gets you a bucket consistently. Um, and I think when he realizes my 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 one gripe is like, OG, you have to realize how strong you are. Like he Please. can bully his yeah. way to the rim. Like he can get himself past like any defense. And so I think once he realizes that, and I've seen like small flashes of it, I think he can become like super unstoppable. That's like something I've always thought. We'll see whether or not <laughs> it happens, but yes. Look, I, I think the pathway there, like the style of play you're looking at for OG because of the strength is like, this is going to sound insane, but we're late in the podcast. Most people have probably tuned out. It's fine. We get to drop these little nuggets of weirdness. Uh, like, Zion Light is kind of the vision there. Like, just capitalizing on the fact that nobody's as strong as you and just using that unbelievable strength to your advantage. Obviously, like, Zion's got a lot in his bag, and... He's got a lot of wiggle to him, and he's probably got a better handle than OG has, um, and is a little less, little less robotic with it, better footwork, that type of thing. But like, if that pathway that you've kind of laid out for OG is there, like that's kind of what I see. But also, Zion can't defend worth a lick, and OG is one of the ten best defenders on the planet. So, pretty horrifying player. Like, and I should say. <laughs> Zion light, like uh, Michelob Ultra compared to a regular beer. Like it, it's, you know, he's not going to go average 30 points a game on 75 true shooting or whatever ungodly stuff Zion's done when he's been healthy. But that type of player who's just such a brute strength force that you can't hope to contain him. That's possibly on the table. I think that's a high end outcome for him for sure. I, I like this take, Karina. This is a good, good, <laughs> strong go? Raptors opinion to close the show. We love it. With that, we will round out the episode and uh, close this bad boy up and close out the week of the podcast. We'll be back again on Monday as we'll take stock of the first preseason game against the Utah Jazz in Edmonton on Sunday. That's going to be a ton of fun. Karina, where can people check out your work? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at KarinaMM and make sure you're following the parlay on all social medias, including YouTube, so that you can catch court time with me every Friday. Hell yes, it's Friday when you're watching or listening to this probably. Now go over and watch Krina's stuff because it's the best. Krina, rising superstar. We love having you on the show. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, for me, you can find me on Twitter at Woodley Sean. Subscribe, follow, rate, and review the podcast on all the usual podcast apps and on YouTube. You can also subscribe to my forthcoming Substack post touches a toronto raptors blog it's just going to be friday posts essentially where i kind of sum up the week and uh and write things out and also there'll be some odd game notes and things in there it's free to subscribe but if you want to throw me a few shekels you can subscribe for five bucks a month as well or 50 bucks for the year and uh, that'd be appreciated too it's nice to support uh writing and people trying to make a living in this here content game i can't believe i just said that whatever uh <laughs> we'll round it there thank you so much for tuning in go make your second listen of the day locked on blue 
Blue Jays as the Jays head into their second to last series of the season against the Boston Red Sox this weekend. And Ben and Matt over there are doing a great job documenting the road to the postseason. And with that, have a wonderful weekend, everybody. Enjoy the preseason game on Sunday. Bye-bye. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.